Hi. Hello. How are ya? Welcome to Pocket Full of Crime, a true crime podcast covering a multitude of true crime, murder mysteries, missing persons, and cold cases. If you are new here, welcome. I am your host, Rachel. I am a realtor in Colorado with a hobby for following murder mysteries. If you are a returning listener, welcome back, my weird friends. 
Thank you to everyone who has listened, followed, commented, and given me a rating. Even that one person who gave me a one star. (laughs) I must be doing something right. Don't forget to go follow me on Instagram at pocketfulofcrime. I upload photos over there as well as weekly photos from each case so you can put a face to the crime. One more quick comment before we get started. If you enjoy listening, make sure to give me a share. The more listeners, the more sponsors, the more sponsors, the more content I am able to create. So go share me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. You got it. You flaunt it. This case will be a two-part, maybe even a series. Um, There's a lot to cover. It's a two-year-old unsolved double homicide and a lot of detail that I want to fill you in on. The first time that I heard about this case was on a fellow true crime podcast, actually. This case is going on three years unsolved, but I think that I've been following it for at least two I'm always checking back on the internet for any new leads or new details to emerge. I follow a few channels on YouTube that really dedicate their time to covering news releases, press conferences, and anything um, regarding this case. So I'll make sure to leave the tip hotline and contact information at the end of both episodes just in case um, anybody knows anything no matter how small or insignificant it may seem. You are listening to the Snapchat Murders. This week, we are taken to Delphi, Indiana, located in Carroll County. Population in 2010 was estimated at 2,893. The town was settled in 1824 and got its name from the ancient city Delphi in Greece. Now you all know I'm a licensed realtor in Colorado, but here are some fun facts about the Delphi, Indiana real estate market and demographics. 91% of residents are Caucasian, 11% are Hispanic or Latino, and 5% are made up of other races. The median income is $37,000, median home value is $113,000, and the most expensive listing I found in Delphi came from Realtor.com, which was a waterfront vacant lot. This lot is just a little over 19 acres, and it's ready to build a dream home on. It's beautiful. It's surrounded by trees, and the asking price is $399,000. Abigail Williams, you may hear me refer to her as Abby throughout the episode. She was born June 23rd, 2003. She was 13 years old and in the 8th grade at Delphi Middle School when she was murdered. She was in band, played the saxophone, played volleyball, enjoyed reading, and attending church with her family. Abigail loved animals, especially her cat named Bongo. She also loved photography and art. Her mom is Anna Williams. I couldn't find information on her father if he was alive or even in her life at all. She was laid to rest in the Memorial Gardens in Pittsburgh, Indiana. Liberty German, or Libby as she was called, was born December 27, 2002. She was raised by her grandparents Mike and Becky Patty. Libby had an older sister named Kelsey and was very close to her family. Liberty was 14 and in the 8th grade at Delphi Middle School when she was murdered. 
Liberty loved playing softball, volleyball, or any sport for that matter. She was too in band, loved to paint, and enjoyed science. The two were very close friends and had grown up together and were looking forward to the next four years of high school together. Unfortunately, they won't get to share those memories. On February 13th, 2017, Abigail and Liberty had the day off from school. They asked Liberty's older sister, Kelsey German, to drop them off at a trailhead, a hiking trail off County Road 300 North, west of Hoosier Heartland Highway. This hiking trail is a historic Delphi trail with 10 miles of groomed trails. Take note that there are multiple entrances to this trail over the course of 10 miles. The trail has an old abandoned railroad bridge over Deer Creek, the Monon Bridge, which was built in 1891, and it stands 63 feet tall over Deer Creek and was abandoned in 1987. The bridge itself is in really bad shape. It's dangerous to cross with big gaps between the railroad ties and a 63-foot drop. So to set the scene a little bit better, the trail is groomed with gravel terrain but hidden behind thick trees and shrubs. It's a beautiful sight but has since left the trail and bridge with an eerie reputation. Abigail and Liberty were dropped off at the trailhead at 1.35 p.m. by Kelsey German. They were set to be picked up at the same trailhead at 3.30. The two besties set off on the trail. Snapchat photos placed the girls at Monon Bridge at 2.07 p.m. The photo posted on Snapchat was of Abigail posing on the Monon Bridge in blue jeans, black converse, a red shirt, and gray jacket. The girls were set to be picked up at 3.30 at a predetermined location by Liberty's dad, Derek. Derek called Libby at 3.11 prior to arriving at the trailhead to let the girls know he was on his way and to head back to the pickup location. Derek arrived to the pickup location at 3.14 p.m. and had still not heard from Liberty after multiple phone calls. Derek began to walk down the trail to see if he could spot them, thinking maybe they lost track of time, or they were close by, or maybe even one of them was injured. Derek then called Liberty's grandma, his mom, Patty, to let her know Libby wasn't answering. Patty began to call Libby's phone herself, as well as sister Kelsey. 4 p.m. rolled around, still no contact with the girls, so grandmother Patty called her husband Mike at work to alert him of the situation. The family searched the trails by themselves until they alerted the authorities and reported them missing at 5.30 p.m. Search parties were created and out searching immediately. They were split up and took different fingers of the trail, as well as walking streets in Delphi with flashlights. Because of the rough terrain and the steep hills and the danger to the search parties, the search was called off at dark, 11.45 p.m., just before midnight, and were set to meet at 10 a.m. the next morning to resume. In a news release, Carroll County Sheriff Toby Leesonby made a statement saying, quote, there was no reason to believe there was any foul play that had taken place, nor any reason to believe the girls were in immediate danger. February 14, 2017, on Valentine's Day, around noon, a search party discovered the bodies of Abigail Williams and Liberty German. At 12.45, Delphi Fire Chief announced they had indeed found two bodies and called the discovery, quote, not good. The bodies were found only a half mile from the Monon Bridge where they were last captured on photo alive. 
They were found on dry ground only 500 feet from Deer Creek. The bodies were found on the opposite side of the creek from the bridge, so it is in question how the girls got across the creek. Now, this is just speculation, but it is said that there is a shallow point on the north side of the creek possible to cross, which was where the bodies were found. But it was also not determined if the girls' clothes were wet when they were found or if the clothing was discovered at all. Autopsies were conducted on the two bodies, and the next day, February 15th, 2017, the bodies were confirmed to be that of Abigail Williams and Liberty German in a press conference. The cause of death has never been released, only that the case was being handled as a homicide. Throughout this case, you will see a pattern that the police and detectives do not release a ton of information to the public. They release in small increments when they need the public's help, and in my opinion, this is to protect a potential trial. Nothing would be more devastating than finding this man and getting the case thrown out on a technicality. February 18th, four days after the discovery of the bodies, a vigil was held in remembrance of the girls at the Delphi High School. February 22nd is when police revealed they had recovered audio, video footage from Liberty's cell phone on the main suspect, also referred to as Bridge Guy. The image released is a grainy photo of a white male with his hands in his pocket, wearing light wash blue jeans, a navy coat, and speculation has swirled whether it's a hat he is wearing, the type of hat that has the flaps that come down and cover your ears, as well as whether he has a fanny pack around his waist or if it's just the shirt tail under his coat. Some people have speculated if he has a deer cleaning kit on him, if he is holding a gun in his coat or jean pocket. It is very unclear and grainy. The image has been looked at by NASA, and this is the best quality that is possible or has been released. The composite sketch that was released was made from two eyewitnesses on the trail that day. This sketch wasn't made to match the image discovered on the phone, um, but one male and one female witness reporting seeing a man that fits this description on the trail that day. The audio recording released to the public at the news conference is a man's voice saying, quote, down the hill. Audio was retrieved from Liberty German's cell phone. It's unknown or unclear if the cell phone was found at the crime scene or if they recovered the audio and video from iCloud or something of that nature. A killer leaving behind a cell phone at the crime scene seems unlikely, but we just don't know for sure how it was recovered. Police and detectives have made it clear from the beginning they were treating this case with very special care, not wanting to jeopardize anything in this case. Here's a quote from a press conference. Just because we haven't released information doesn't mean we don't have more information. Some of the facts we don't release are only known to the person who committed this crime. So they released this composite sketch and audio to the public in hopes of identifying this bridge guy. And I think at first they just wanted to question him and see if he had seen or heard anything strange that day. But nobody has come forward and nobody has been able to identify this man. I think that is when he went from person of interest to a suspect rather quickly. I think it's also important to note that Liberty must have felt some kind of threat or that gut instinct about this man in order to feel the need to record him. Police since then have now made the assumption that the bridge guy is the killer. This is the person that we are looking for. The composite sketch release states a white Caucasian male, 
5 to 6 foot tall, 180 to 200 pounds with reddish brown hair. Eye color is unknown and you will be able to find this sketch on my Instagram at pocketfullofcrime. Also released at the conference along with the audio was a reward set at $41,000 for anyone leading to the arrest or identifying the bridge man. On March 9th, 2017, Mike Patty, Liberty German's grandfather, made a public plea asking the public to take a better look at the image and listen to the audio to see if they recognize anything, even as little as a hunch and to report it. The reward then surged to $200,000. Delphi was devastated. The community really came together during this difficult time to lean on one another and support the families. On May 13th, the community hosted a celebration of life at the Delphi High School. Included were concerts, auctions, and raffles to help raise money for a memorial softball complex in memory of the girls. February 19th, 2017, only five days after the discovery of the bodies, Abigail Williams was laid to rest in a private family funeral and burial. Liberty German was also laid to rest on February 19th, 2017, and a private funeral and burial. In memory of Libby, there was a scholarship created called Liberty German Scholarship, where memorial contributions were held. Next Wednesday, I will continue this episode. There's still so much that we have to cover. Next week will include the gory details, theories, suspects, and more. I am now going to give you the tip information contacts. Email is Abby and Libby Tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com. The tip line phone number is 844-459-5786. The Indiana State Police is 800-382-7537. The Carroll County Sheriff's Office is 765 564 2413. You know what time it is. Yep. Now is when I would tell a corny joke to lighten the mood, but because today took so much more effort to record and edit than normal, I thought it would be fun to just do some bloopers. So enjoy. That were last cap. <sighs> Fuck. At 1245, Delphi fired. Fuck. The bodies were conformed. I swear if one more person texts me, I will cut you. Throughout this case, you will find a pattern. Why am I like this? There was a scholarship created named Liber- Libby as well as... <laughs> I sounded like so Southern right there. Hope you guys enjoyed that little tidbit behind the scenes. That wraps it up for this week, you guys. Don't forget to join me back next Wednesday for the part two of the series. Go on over to my Instagram at pocketfullofcrime to look at pictures from this case so you can put a face to the crime. Until then, stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, mom. Hi, mom.